Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game. Hello, Mikey. Hello, Lily. <laughs> Today, we have another one of our OG. favorite... Uh, yeah, we have an OG on, uh, Matt Pesh. Hello. Hello, Leah. Hello, Mike. Hi, Matt. Do you guys want to talk about... Uh, you want to give the background here, Mike? What, what uh, Matt... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, Matt, we wanted to uh, talk to you in particular and do a bit of a deep dive into Scientology and their money. Money raising, how they deal with their money, what they do with their money. And you are like the ideal person for that because you were both the, what's called in Scientology, the Treasury Secretary and the Dissemination Secretary of the largest Scientology organization in the world, which is the Flag Service Organization in Clearwater, Florida. And that particular organization has enormous significance in Scientology because it is the single largest source of revenue for Scientology on planet Earth. In fact, I would estimate that the amount of money that comes into the Flag Service Organization each week is greater than the amount of money that is taken in by all other Scientology organizations on Earth in a week. And why is that, Mike? Partly because everybody is required, ultimately, as they make their way up the Scientology bridge to total freedom, to go to the flag service organization where they deliver services that are only available there. It is also what Scientology calls its spiritual headquarters. They used to call it the Mecca of technical perfection until 9-11. Then they start using Mecca because it had a bad connotation to it. And as such, and because in order to do the highest levels, which we talked about with your mother, OT7, which can take 10 years, a lot of Scientologists or high-level Scientologists have moved to Clearwater. Mm. So there is a, a community of high-level Scientologists that surround the flag service organization. And by, by necessity, I guess, of being a high-level Scientologist, they have to have money. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get there without having money. So they right. got a lot of wealthy Scientologists that are around in that area. So they're sort of easy pickings for the people that make money in the organization. Okay, that makes sense. I said that Matt was both the Treasury Secretary and the Dissemination Secretary, and I figured I should probably explain that just a little bit. Mm -hmm. The Dissemination Secretary is the person who is head of the part of every Scientology organization, which is called the Dissemination Division, but they are actually responsible for selling Scientology. Right. And then... The Treasury Division is the part of the organization that is responsible for controlling the money, like banking it and distributing it and dispersing it to pay bills and, you know, that sort of stuff. So Matt has sort of both sides of this money equation when it comes to Scientology. I want to just say before we get started, uh, two things. One is, fun fact, Matt Pesh is... Married to one of our other favorite people, Amy Scobie, whose story with her mother, Bonnie Elliott, inspired the series The Aftermath. 
Yes. And another fun fact, Matt and Amy now live just 10 miles up the road from me. Very, very jealous. They lived, they lived in California for about two months and, and then left me. I was very excited <laughs> that you were just a few miles from me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that didn't last very long. Now they've migrated to the sunny, mad state of Florida. Well, if, if anybody should have the mic, it should be you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I am very happy to have them there. And Matt, does it feel fucking weird though to be back there? I mean, for both you and Amy, does it feel just so bring you know, back? Like I drove through there when we did an episode, and I just I was having it was just trigger, trigger, trigger. The smell of it, the water, every, like everything, I just brought back bad memories. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's amazing that when I drive through downtown Clearwater, that place is so quiet. There's nothing happening. You can hardly even find a staff member or a Scientologist on the street. I mean, it's right. amazing. I know. I mean, it, it does say something about uh, the good news, which is you're not seeing what used to be, you know, with the internet, with great reporting being done by uh, what was known as the Tampa Bay Times back then, right? And going clear and our show. And I, I just think, you know, people have access to information that they just, just didn't have when Scientology was, you know, quote unquote, booming. But yep. we had you on our show, Matt, and I, you know, I think this is uh, one that the IRS should be listening to. Not that the IRS doesn't actually fucking know that they're letting Scientology get away with what they're getting away with. But, you know, we'll keep playing the game of pretending so that when people go, hey, does the IRS know? We could just say, hey, they should listen to episode. You got a cousin who works at the IRS or the criminal investigation department of the IRS? Hey, let them listen to this. But when you came on the show, Matt, on the aftermath, you told us that I think it was in 1986 when you were holding one of the Sea Org positions at Flag that you had seen on the books because you did the books. There was some crazy number, like $200 million. I'm not talking about 1986 or three. Was it, was it 86? Uh, probably it was 88, but that's the capital okay. crew back then. Uh, so it was both wrong. Okay, but, but you had seen a number. Now, this is money that's just on account, like Mike said, in uh, one Scientology organization. This is just one, everybody. This is not a collective number. This is just at the Flag Service Org in Clearwater, Florida. It was something like $280 million sitting in an account in one of Scientology's churches, quote-unquote, of unused money, of parishioners' money that they have paid that is just sitting there. It's not money of people who just have money and they use that account or whatever. It's money that they'll never get back. Parishioners, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Scientologists who are forced to pay up front, put money on accounts, and never to be seen again. So the question could be asked, why don't you just get a lawyer and try to retrieve back the money? Right. So you're talking about, you know, thousands of Scientologists, right? You take one guy, one couple, they were forced to give $50,000, let's say, to pay for a Scientology service in advance. And you call a lawyer and go, hey, I have $50,000, $100,000. It would actually save my life right now. 
Um, and that lawyer will say, go fuck yourself for $50,000. That's my retainer. Right. Yeah, you figure when the flag service organization, if it brings in like $2 million in a week, mm -hmm. only delivering service of about $1.3 million per week, mm -hmm. that's right. a difference of 700000 I mean, you know, that's a lot of money. And that yeah. starts building up. So you, it's like a restaurant that's taking in $100 a week, but only delivering $70 a week. Mm -hmm. and it's on account. Which is great when you're a business for profit. Right. Which is what we're claiming Scientology is. Right. So when it starts building up to hundreds of millions of dollars. They're doing fucking great for a business. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's a liability too. I mean, you know, if they would actually pay these people back like they're supposed to when they ask the money for, you know, back uh, for policy, that would be a big liability for the church. But if they start telling people, no, you can't have your money back, then, you know, they're going against their own policy. Plus, you know, they're trying to, trying to take the money and remove that liability from their books. And let's talk about that, Matt. Why don't you, why don't you talk about how Scientology fundraising is done, right? You have your services. How does Scientology get their money from their parishioners? How do they go about doing that? Uh, it's quite amazing, actually. I got moved over from doing the renovation and construction over to the flag service organization to run the money line. So I had no idea about how all that stuff worked. Mm -hmm. I walked into that thinking that, you know, it's a church, they have these people, their best interests in mind, they're going to mm -hmm. be trying to help these people. And what I realized really fast was it wasn't like that at all. I mean, it's a machine, total pressure to take maximum money from every person that walks onto that base. And it was known at that time that somebody who came to flag for the first time for major service, they were going to pay an additional $50,000 before they walked off that base. That doesn't even include whatever money they paid before they got there, before their arrival. Once they were on that base, they were going to pay another $50,000 average before they walked went back home. Right, because you have quotas, right? You have targets, you have quotas. And just to set up for everybody, Scientology is a pay-before-you-go. It's on all of their brochures. We're not making shit up just to sound... Uh, you know, alarming. It says it right on their thing. It says, you know, all services must be paid for in advance. And Mike and I did a deep dive into this in a prior episode where we broke down the bridge. We talked about how packages are sold in Scientology, but every, it says it right on there. You know, it's all prepaid yep. and no one's arriving at any Scientology uh, organization without prepaying good, like you said, Matt, like even though $50,000, because it's not cheap to go to the flag service arm, being it's it's the hub of Scientology. And it's where the higher services are done. Right. Uh, so everybody from all over the country is flying, supposedly flying into Clearwater, Florida. Plus, they not only get you for this, for your services, for your spiritual services in advance, but you also have to stay in their hotel. You right. also have to eat their food. So now you have to buy an accommodations package. So your room and your food, and that's thousands and thousands. Of, when you go down the fucking street and get a hamburger. Right. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh, no, you're right. You're right, Mike. Mike, Mike. There used to be a, a what, what's the name of the, the burger place, checkers. Mike? Checkers. Checkers. There used to be a checkers down the street. What's that street? Is it Fort Harrison? It's North Fort Harrison and Drew. 
There used right. to be and a checkers. There used to be a checkers there, and Mike told the story in the aftermath because I was like, "Hey, where's the checkers? There used to be a checkers there when we were waiting to be arrested or trespassed for sitting right. in the Scientology park." And right. Mike tells the story that Dave Miscavige was sitting in the office one day overlooking checkers and was like, "I want that gone." <laughs> yep. And why did he want it gone, Mike? Because it was having undesirables there late at night, and they could see him in his office. Like, his office was in line of sight from that. So, checkers got purchased, knocked over, and turned into a park. That you're not welcome in, apparently. Only certain people are welcome in. Yeah. Scientologists (laughs) in good standing. It's part of the moat now that exists around and is being added to constantly around all the properties in Clearwater. Right. I call it a moat, but it's a grass moat. It's like empty property. Yeah, yeah. So all the services have to be paid in advance, Matt. Yep, and commissions are paid to the people who select them. You know what I'm saying? 10% commission is being paid for people to choose their friends, their relatives, whatever send them to flag and they get back 10% commission. So you got people out there also doing that professionally. They're just going around trying to round up Scientologists who've like maybe been off the bridge, haven't done service for a while. Mm-hmm. Take those guys and feed them over to flag for their 10%. And also they're given as much information as they can round up about this person's personal life, their personal finances. They're feeding that over to flag because they want flag to get more money when the person gets there so that they can get more commission kickback to them. So there's right. a whole information gathering thing before that person ever steps on the base. Right. And that's for services. Now we're talking about services. And what about the non-service? Non-service. First of all, those guys have to wait in line when the person first gets on the base, because there's about 10 different units that are being pushed to get money for certain things, whether it's for translations of the material, the preservation of the material, special meters for gold, uh, way to happiness. Um, I mean, it goes on and on. Well, and you have the other big, what would you call it, Mike, the IS? What do you, what do you call that? War chest. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. They call it the war chest. It is the uh, fund to protect Scientology from the evils and the SPs who are seeking its destruction. Now, to be a member of the, to be a Scientologist, you have to be a member of the International Association of Scientologists, everybody. So this is a membership card that is a minimum of what now, like a lifetime member? 2,000 bucks, I think. When I was no, there. I think it's like 4,000 now. Yeah, it's like 4,000, 5,000. a lifetime member, and then, then they have these statuses that go up. All the way, and the names are ridiculous. Patron meritorious. Meritorious and, you know. Yeah, and they, and what they sell is, you know, we're taking care of the flood here. We're handling this, this crisis here in this part of the country. They're doing none of that with the IS. So on top of Scientology services, you also have this front group called the International Association of that are raking in millions and millions of dollars a week. Yeah, and the routing form, when you arrive, put you through all of those units. So every one of those units has a chance to sit you down in their office and try to get money out of you. And then when you go to leave, you put on a leaving routing form that, again, put you through each the of The same those- offices, yeah. So yeah. I, 
Mike, do you think that's worth explaining what a routing form is and how? Because yeah. I, I think it's a genius sales technique. It's genius. It's absolutely incredible. Okay. How could you explain it? It is a checklist that one has to fulfill before they will let you get in the van to go to the airport or call a cab. Okay. So now I arrive at Flag, right? I'm right. like, okay, hi. Check in with reception. The reception okay. gives me the sheet. Go ahead. They hand you the sheet, and the mm -hmm. and you have to get a person to sign off that you have actually seen that person on the list of people that you have to go to, and it takes you in a sequence. So the mm -hmm. first place you have to go to is you have to go to what's called the accommodation counselor. Mm -hmm. And the accommodation counselor, even though you have probably paid... Prepaid. For your hotel and food mm -hmm. before you got there because mm -hmm. they won't let you arrive at FLAG unless you paid for that. Mm -hmm. You go to the accommodation counselor who gives you the, you know, it's like a timeshare pitch. Mm -hmm. We're going to, like, we'll upgrade you. You can have a bigger room. It's nice that the food is better in this restaurant. And you're like, I just fucking paid for all this shit before I got here. Yeah, but every good Scientologist, they want their stay to be the best, and they mm -hmm. want they want the rest. You want mm -hmm. the good food. It'll mm -hmm. help speed you through your audit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got all these bullshit mm -hmm. pitches mm -hmm. that everybody gets, and it works pretty well. I mean, they guilt people heavily into, well, you don't want to be the guy who showed up here and didn't want to, like, support the you know, hotel organization, do you? Right, and right. <laughs> that, whole, that whole routine and how to guilt these people and have pictures and stuff to show is all from advices from L. Ron Hubbard because I, I right. used to run flag crew and that's exactly what they're supposed to do. Right. right. They're exact, they are literally supposed to shame people. Okay, totally. so Mike, so after I give another, you know, $5,000 to my food account and my hotel account, by the way, Still haven't checked into my room, everybody. Nope. Okay. Nope. nope. Where, do, where do I got to go next, Mike? Then you've got to go to the actual registrar, which is what a fundraiser money grabber is called in Scientology, a registrar. And a registrar, it has that name because- A Scientology it's salesman. Be, yeah. It's supposed to be, you are registering for your service with this person and mm -hmm. they look down and- but actually what it is, is step two of how do we get more money out of this person? And as okay. Matt said, yep. everybody who arrives at FLAG mm -hmm. has paid in advance, but the expectation <laughs> is that the registrars are going to squeeze another 50 grand out of mm -hmm. every person that arrives there mm -hmm. before they leave. Mm -hmm. So now the registrar... The registrar has been picked specially for that individual long before they arrive based on their buyer type per big league sales. So if, if it's a female, it's not married, she's going to get a male registrar because she is, you know, the buyer type is supposed to pay more to a male. Or if it's a family buyer or a professional buyer, they get all these little slots that they figure out which kind of buyer type the guy is. And the registrar that should get the most money from that person is assigned to that person even before they get on the base. Unreal. And Big League Sales, just so everybody knows, is a book by this guy called Les Dane, who Hubbard 
discovered at some point and back in the 50s, I guess, or the early 60s, and took upon himself to take Les Dane's books and turn them into Scientology policy. So now the way you go about selling people Scientology is based on this book by this guy called Les Dane called Big League Sales. And I will put that on the blog too. Yes. And you can see all that. It's got stuff about you remove the brick overcoat the of sales resistance and all the <laughs> techniques that you use on and the tag team and the this and the that. And this is all standard Scientology procedure. Yep. And on top of this, there is one other key element to selling Scientologist services. The technical people. And the technical people are the name for the people who actually provide the auditing. And they are used as what's called authority tags yep. to tell, and they come and meet with the registrars before the guy shows up and says, okay, what you want to do is you want to tell this guy he needs X, Y, and Z. Yep. And then the, he sits down in front of the registrar and they say, oh, well, I see that you have paid here uh, $50,000 for 12 and a half hours of blah and for this rundown and that auditing. But the CS has carefully reviewed your case and your folders. That's like the, the head counselor. The case supervisor, the head dude here. and Who's he, overseeing your mental health. He right. has determined that you really need Z, blah, blah. And that will be 25 grand. And they think the technical person that has studied their folder and is actually trying to help them and give them the right thing. And actually, many times, that whole thing is written by the registrar. It's run over to the technical person to deliver. And if they don't deliver exactly what their registrar wrote, they're toast because money is king there. It's not the tech people. They're just part of the game. I mean... It's the, you cut across money lines, you're gone. So, Mike, after the registrar. Yep, you finished with the registrar. Okay. So you gave more money. You gave more so you money gave, on top. You gave okay. a yeah. chunk more change. You've got your checkbook out. It's warm. Your pen's all oiled up and ready to go. And you're off to the next person, which is now the front groups international right? association of scientologists mm -hmm. registrar who is going to pitch you about how you need to improve your status because you leah remini mm -hmm. are merely a humanitarian with honors right and you need to become a patron jigatorius mm -hmm. and for today only <laughs> Just until Thursday at 2 o'clock, though a patron Jigatorius is actually $100,000, and mm -hmm. you so far have given us $60,000 mm -hmm. just for this week, if you give us just $20,000, we will bump you up to patron Jigatorius, which is $100,000 status. Mm -hmm. So you will have the status of being a patron Jigatorius for only $20,000. But this offer is only good until Thursday at 2 o'clock. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and they find out what's important to that person, and they pretend like that money is going to handle that. If they weren't about, you know, war in the Middle East, then by giving this money, it's going to totally handle that problem. <laughs> right, right. And Matt is laughing as he says this, and this is so ridiculous. But this shit is delivered with absolute certainty and conviction. And, you know, you are saving a child in Nigeria who so desperately needs the educational technology of L. Ron Hubbard. And without you, this is just never going to happen. And just think of that poor child and you'll be lying awake at night worrying mm -hmm. about the fact that you didn't help this poor child and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you're done with the IAS. Multiple people, you know, hitting on this guy for hours, not letting him leave the room. Pretty soon he wants to just pay the money to be able to get the heck out of that room. There's so much pressure on him. That's exactly right. They beat him down. They beat him down. You still haven't made it to your bed yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now you hit the ABLE offices. You've just, been, you've just been hit up by the IES, and now you go to ABLE, and ABLE stands for the Association of Better Living and Education. Mm -hmm. And this is where L. Ron Hubbard's fourth dynamic technologies, in other words, the things that are supposed to save society broadly, education, Yes. Drug rehabilitation, criminal mm -hmm. reform, everything, and the way to happiness. That's mm -hmm. all comes under that umbrella. So there's a bunch of guys there pitching you, even though you just got pitched by the IAS to say, we need to get the education technology into Nigeria, if that was mm -hmm. your thing. Now you're going to go there and, and they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you gave the money to the IAS, but you really actually need to give it to us because we have people that we need to send there and that's our job. So help mm -hmm. us out, give us 10 grand so that we can buy some tickets for some people to fly to Nigeria because, you know, we don't have any money for ourselves. We need it from you. So when you finish with that one, then you go. And by the way, I don't want to give everybody a Mikey that everybody's rich. Cause like if they can get $25 out of you, they will. Oh, it, it, these are, uh, we're giving you big numbers, guys, but these are middle-class Scientologists who have saved up, who the registrars are calling the credit cards, pretending to be them, getting, uh, you know, higher credit lines. They post a checks just to give them $50. Just And by the way, still haven't checked into my room. Yep. So then you get to the people that are raising money for buildings. Mm -hmm. And at Flag, this is a big deal because they raised, you know, $275 million to build that monstrosity across from the Fort Harrison that cost mm -hmm. $175 million. Mm -hmm. And now they're raising money for the L. Ron Hubbard Hall, mm -hmm. which is some sort of pathetic uh, auditorium when that they don't even need because they can't even fill up Ruth Eckerd Hall. But in any event, they're raising money for that. And I did a blog post recently taking how much money has been collected for that based mm -hmm. on the status. Because everything's got statuses in Scientology. So these ones are even more bizarre. Mm -hmm. The people who are the supporters of the L. Ron Hubbard Hall, they got the weirdest names for the levels of donations for that one. Mm -hmm. But they've raised like... $190 million to build this hall, apparently. Mm -hmm. And 
I showed that they built a magnificent (sighs) new theater center for the University of Iowa or something, and it cost $167 million, and it, like, shits all over what their plans are. So, and the reason I make that point, Leah, is because they will keep fundraising even Mm. when they've got the money to build the building because it's more remunerative to not have the building than it is to build it because they can keep fundraising. And also to what, to what Matt said, right? Like it's also a liability to have this much money. Right. And so when people say, I just saw a church open in my state or on my, you know, understand that they have to do that. That doesn't mean they're growing. It means they're offloading money. Right. Right. Because they have to. Transferring (laughs) money. Yes. They're transferring money from liquid cash into, you know, assets uh, of buildings. But Mm -hmm. that's the other thing that happens is after the L. Ron Hubbard Hall, then there is the, oh, well, the chairman of the board has Mm -hmm. decreed that all orgs around the world must be ideal. So that means we have to buy a 40 or 50 million or spend 40 or 50 million dollars for each one to get them uh, marble floors, handmade rugs and desks. Of course. And that we need your money for. Right. So you're still going, you're still going, and now you're going to hit the bookstore where you're told you have to buy an e-meter. But wait, I already have an e-meter. No, but you're required to have two e-meters. Why? So that would be $5,000. Why do I need two? Because it's on the checklist for setting up a a session, Leah. It's standard tech. It is what L. Ron Hubbard has dictated that all auditors must have two e-meters in a session in case one runs out or goes kaput in the middle of the session, you must have another one. But I'm not auditing anybody yet. But you will be. You will be. Every Scientologist (laughs) is required to audit. Leah, what sort of a Scientologist are you anyway? And not only only that, (laughs) this week we have a special. Oh. Ah, just until Thursday at 2. We have a special we have a silver e-meter plated in solid silver. That mm. one is only $20,000 for this week. It's usually 30, but we'll give it to you for 20 this week. The gold one was 50, 50,000 yeah. for the gold one. And that's not a joke, Leah. This is real. I'm, Mike, well, I, people know. Out I, there, I know. I know. I didn't yes. mean to say Leah. <laughs> I said, people out there, it's not a joke. There was a gold-plated fucking e-meter that they sold. Yeah. And someone bought more than one. That's right. <laughs> wow. And the problem, too, is that every few years, they'll tell you that the e-meter you have isn't good enough anymore. It can't be used. So right. So that away, and they got the latest, right. latest model, and that keeps changing every few years. Yeah. Well, they'll also tell you the books you have are no good anymore either. Yeah. So you need to buy a whole new, new books. set of books. And then when you buy those, they tell you you need to donate a set to the libraries. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're moving along on your routing form at a rapid mm-hmm. pace here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. After every shock on the on the thing has taken a bite out of you, Mm-hmm. You're like the old man in the sea carrying mm-hmm. the carcass into port. You yep. finally make it to your room and collapse on the bed. But you may or may not be safe okay. because there will be a knock at your door almost certainly 
of someone who didn't get you to write a check for them coming back for a second grab mm -hmm. and trying again because they can't give up. They just got to take another shot before you finally get to go to sleep. Right. Because they know that you're at your most vulnerable and are most likely to pay when you are at your wit's end. Right. And this all sounds a bit sort of melodramatic and ridiculous almost. It does. It is and I know, not. Yeah, I know. It, is, it just is not. We're putting a comedic spin on it, guys, but it is traumatic. It is hard sell. And you somehow come up with the money. And, and like I said, it's $50 here, another $100 here, another 1000 here, another 2000 You know, and Scientologists are working to pay for this. They're not vacationing. They don't have nice cars they're driving, except the whales of Scientology. But it, 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 it's, it's a hard life for yep. a Scientology parishioner. And it's a horrific life for a Sea Org member. Yeah. yeah, because the other side of this equation, which I think Matt should talk about a bit, is yeah. what it's like being one of the people responsible for collecting the money. Matt, I want to, because so, you did say earlier that you realized pretty quickly, like, that this isn't about helping anybody, but yet we all stayed knowing that, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Of all the jobs I've ever had in my life, that was the only one I could really say I hated and I really sucked at. It was terrible to work in that environment. I can tell you the pressure in there and that whole scene. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. You know, you, you have people crying that, that said, you know, my spouse is going to divorce me if I, you know, they told me if I spend any more money here. And the Reg does not care. It's going to pressure mm -hmm. and get that money. They don't care if they have to they get a divorce or what happens with them after that. Right. You know, people crying, you know, like you wouldn't think they would be begging the reg not to take any more of that money. And mm -hmm. yet it means nothing to the registrar. It means right. Nothing. It's like, just give us the money. Yeah. And it's not just the registrar. I mean, you got to realize that whole, the whole organization, whether it's the maid, the guy who drives the van, you know, the person that serves you the food, they're all trained to listen and trying to find things that would help the reg get more money out of that person. And if right. they turn, information over to the registrar and the registrar can get something out of it they get rewarded what's called bird dog they're bird dogging so they'll get a reward whether it's a meal or a protein drink or whatever so the maid sees something in that room that you know thinks that hey that's that's information that the reg needs to know they're mm -hmm. going to reg, and they're going to get rewarded if the reg can get more money from that person so it's like it's a whole culture organization all yeah that right down to the lowest person in the organization to, to get money out of the people. And this is all supported by L. Ron Hubbard policy, like you guys were mentioning. This is not just like, oh, this is a disgusting person who's out for themselves. This is all based on Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard's policy on how to fundraise and keep the organization rich. Right. right. And, you know, uh, something else I want to touch upon, and Matt can talk about this, is what links these people will go to to deal with the person who says, and this is the uh, obviously the most common response, I don't have the money. I just don't have the money. I don't have the money in my account to be able to give you a check for $10,000 today, so tough luck. How do they deal with that, Matt? Wow. I would tell you, after listening to hundreds of these uh, 
interactions, almost every one of the people that sit down, first thing they say is, I have no money, uh, my cards are all maxed out, blah, blah, blah. There's a zillion tricks that they do from there, which is uh, once they get the person, they put them into like what's called their ruin, like what is it that's ruining your life? And mm -hmm. the guy's face, they'll get that information from their auditing sessions and different their ethics interviews, this kind of stuff. They'll get the guy like all stuck in that. And then the guy will say, you know, but I still got no money and my cards are all maxed out. And the guy will say, well, Registrar will say, well, if they did work, would you pay that money? And the mm -hmm. person, and I would. Good. Give me your cards. Put out their hand. Take all those cards. They'll jack those cards up in about 10 minutes. <laughs> They'll be 50 grand gone. I mean, mm -hmm. and that person will be like, they feel like they shouldn't. Like, how do they back out of it at that point? They said they would if they could. Mm -hmm. no, like, well, and they, just, they just did. Those cards are run, whether they like it or not. These registrars so everybody knows these people they are absolute experts at calling up credit card companies and extending people's limits of calling up banks and getting loans of getting second mortgages of yep. coaxing their their suckers through the process that they need to in order to be able to get credit to pay over to Scientology mm -hmm. and they have people that are set up to do what's called bridging loans. Yeah, they yeah. get wealthy Scientologists out there who agree that, you know, I will loan you $10,000 this week if you pay me back $12,000 in two weeks once mm -hmm. your whatever comes through. Yeah. And so, therefore, you can pay over $10,000 today to put on account for your services that you're not even going to take right away, but to put on account and you will owe me $12,000 in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And this shit goes on all the time. And it has gotten so bad, Leah, that recently, and I know this from very direct personal testimony, they are taking elderly Sea Org members, Sea Org members who mm -hmm. don't have to pay for any services. Mm -hmm. and persuading them to take out credit cards against their social security payments. In other words, get a credit card, mm -hmm. max it out with a $10,000 payment for something into the organization, a building, a services, mm -hmm. or whatever, and agree with the credit card company to pay off that loan at whatever your social security payment is. And it, and if they've been in the Sea Org for a long time, that may be $10 a month mm -hmm. because they've never paid anything into social security. The absolute criminality of this is that as soon as that person dies, and they do this when they're very elderly and one woman who was in the ICU, as soon as they die, the debt is extinguished. Mm. The credit card companies do not pursue someone for outstanding balances who is deceased. Wow. So Scientology has got the money out of the credit card, and as soon as the person dies, that's home-free money. Wow. It is... It's so criminal. It's uh, fucking maddening. It's...
It's maddening. That's exactly. And it's not even like I don't know this. Ninety nine point nine percent of this. You know what I mean? But it's it's. uh, Yeah. You just gotta keep repeating it and say it over and over because just like you said, someone's cousin works in the fucking (laughs) IRS CID, and someone's cousin is eventually gonna go. You know what? I've heard enough of this shit. I'm gonna do something about this because this is fucked. Oh my fucking god. why the church has swung over so heavily to get people to donate for all these stupid things that aren't for service is because there's no accountability to it and there's no liability to it. They don't have to deliver something. I mean, if they sell Scientology, then they're expected to deliver the cost that they sold or the ordering that they sold. But if they take money in for some building or, you know, to help the, the people in Africa by putting money into the ISM, there's no accountability of that. And there's no liability of it because it just, there's nothing to give back. Right. And I also want to say, just because we keep bringing up the IAS, a little known fact about the IAS is that the IAS was not created as the war chest for Scientology. And the IAS had absolutely nothing to do with the great victory in Portland, which is the folklore that has built up around the International Association of Scientologists, that it has protected Scientology in its direst times. That is absolutely not true. It It never has. And in fact, the IAS was created by a Danish lawyer to channel monies that were formerly being sent from outside of the United States into the United States and send it instead to Cyprus, where it was outside the reach of the IRS. And that was the purpose and why the International Association of Scientologists was created. And it was this weird sort of organization that exists in Europe, an association that has no... Like it has no location. It has mm-hmm. it, it's like all these weird things. So the IRS couldn't get any of the money, and that is why the IAS was created. Because in fact, Hubbard had dictated that the membership association of Scientology right, I saw was the Hubbard Association of Scientologists International (HASI). Mm-hmm. Hazzy, after the IAS was created, just sort of faded into blank memories, and now we've got the IAS. Now, let me, Matt and Mike. Yes, ma'am. Is any of this illegal? Uh, well, the credit card stuff is illegal, and probably it is elderly abuse to do what they're doing with those elderly Sea Org members. Okay. Other than that, I suspect it's not illegal strictly is it immoral absolutely so to collect money to collect money under the guise of we're giving it to this this charitable we're doing this thing we're doing that and we need to fundraise for a building even though we have the money for the building and we claim that you can pay in advance however you can get your money back at any time but we don't actually give any money back None of this is illegal. It's all fraudulent. Fraudulent. And you could file a civil lawsuit, and which is what the Garcias did, but then they got told, well, you don't have any rights to 
be in court because you have to go to Scientology arbitration. What a, what is that? Wait, my Oh, Scientology arbitration. What's an arbitration? All... I've never heard of that. Matt, Matt, have <laughs> you ever have you ever heard of a Scientology arbitration? I've never heard of one. No. Nope. I've heard of a Comev. Yeah, it's just a and so it's not a real thing, is what you're saying? There's no such thing as an arbitration? Nope. Oh. Okay. Nope. Never, oh, okay. never has been. Nope. And Are you sure? Because the L.A. judge here believes that there is. Yeah, that's because these guys are so scared of any organization that walks in and says, we're protected by the First Amendment and courts may not make a determination or ruling concerning the policies and practices of our religion because that's a violation of the First Amendment, and these suckers buy it every time. In any case, <laughs> is it illegal, Leah? In my mind, it is illegal because I believe that this is in violation of the tax-exempt requirements right. for a religious organization. Right. And it's not necessarily from the things that we say, but because how this money gets used. Right. It's collected fraudulently and that it gets used for purposes that are violations of public policy and should not be tax exempt. And therefore, this is a, a crime against the IRS and mm -hmm. a crime against all the good taxpayers who are subsidizing the bullshit that goes on in Scientology. Right. Got it. There you go. Thank you. And realize while all that money is rolling up the line, the staff members, they get, they're walking around with holes in their shoes. They have two shirts to their name. They have to buy the washing machine at night when they wash because if they leave it, another staff member will steal their clothes because they're desperate to have a uniform to wear to, you know, show up at work. It's 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 terrible. And Matt, and the same with parishioners, Scientologists. I mean, you go to any Scientology parishioner's house, uh, it's usually, if they have a house, by the way, lucky enough to have purchased a house and not refinanced it or sold it to give it to Scientology, the money. Um, you know, their cars are, you know, usually old, uh, don't have a lot of nice things, don't can't afford to feed their families, uh, but they have enough, you know, they figure it out to, to pay for Scientology. Yeah, and it may be wrong if they do have something nice because oh, yeah. the fun on them is, look at these Sea Org members, they work so hard and they have yeah. nothing. So how was it okay for you to have a nice car and a boat, you know? Yeah, yeah. You need to give that money over to the church, you know? We're uh -huh. all together, rah, 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 rah. So but, it's all pressure to, to take everybody's last time if they can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Leah, I... I also wanted to say, because Scientology responds to these sort of things saying, well, you know, this is just a bunch of nattery, disaffected, you know, apostate. Well, bitter, they got that right. Blah, blah, whatever. You got that right. <laughs> and that actually, this is all, we're just making all this stuff up. Now, huh. I want to tell you the absolute proof that Scientology is there for the money. Okay. The measure, the statistic that L. Ron Hubbard said reflected the success of Scientology is not 
the number of clears on planet Earth, the number of auditing hours, the number of trained auditors, none of that. The number of mouths we fed or any of that? None of those things. Okay. It is the total amount of money in Sea Org reserves. That is the statistic. That is the number that is kept, monitored, week by week, down to the last cent. Literally, the last cent. Not even the last dollar. The last cent. And that number has to go up every single week. And it does. I'm like, I guess I would believe you if something like that was in writing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the actual thing that says Sea Org <laughs> Reserves is the ultimate statistic of the Watchdog Committee yeah. and of David Miscavige as the chairman of the board of RTC is a confidential issue. But I'm going to put stuff on my blog when we release Like, I know this. it's in writing. I was being funny. I know, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to find an exact document that says that. But I will find ones that are really close. Okay. <laughs> I will have something that you, you're going to go, mm, yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, anybody who's, who's a Scientologist or, you know, in Scientology knows this to be true. They also know ex-Scientologist staff members like yourselves anybody knows this to be true. It was always. Yeah. And someone like Matt and me and Amy and Tom DeVocht and Claire and Mark, who were at the top of Scientology and were privy to the the real sort of inner secret shit that goes yeah. on. You could ask every single one of them and they would snap their fingers. Any person that's ever been to the international base and say, mm -hmm. what's the stat of the watchdog committee? What's the stat of the chairman of the board of RTC? And they would yep. say instantly, everybody would give you the same answer. And it's money and right. it's money and it's money and it's money. And that is the only thing. And the statistic when Hubbard created author services, Inc. Yeah. to be the phony control arm of Scientology that was pretending to be his literary agency, mm -hmm. the statistic of author services was the amount of money paid to L. Ron Hubbard every week. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know how they manipulated that, Leah? How? Because L. Ron Hubbard collected royalties on his books. Every book sold. The books that Scientologists are forced to buy over and over Yes. Oh, and okay. the ones, but so worse funny. than the Scientologists are forced to buy, the royalties are paid or were paid to L. Ron Hubbard when those books were sold by what's called the two publications organizations of Scientology, mm -hmm. Bridge Publications in Los Angeles, New uh -huh. Era Publications in Denmark, when they were sold to the orgs. Right. <laughs> The orgs were forced to buy books, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of books. And every Scientology organization has basements full of fucking books that they've never been able to sell, that they had to pay for, that the royalties went to L. Ron Hubbard. Flag always had $10 million worth of inventory in their books warehouse. And that stuff would get old, and then it would be like, oh, we need to give this away to third world countries. We need to, you know, donate it here and there in the next place because it became, you know, like, what are you going to do with it? We had no place to put the crap anymore. Right.
And that then a whole new series of books would come out. Oh, the new editions are here. You have to buy them all over again. And the royalties would be paid all over again. Yep. The old stuff had to be shredded. All those old books and all that stuff had to be shredded. And the e-meters that were no longer, you know, you're not allowed to use them anymore because they're not good enough. They have to be destroyed. I mean, it's just it's such a scam. Everything about this subject is there is more like what you see is gross enough. But what is behind the scenes is even more outrageously grotesque. Right. And also a lot of people don't realize none of that money that's paid to a Scientology church, whether it's the flag service organization or some little org in, you know, in New York or something. None of that goes into their bank account. It goes straight into international uh, bank account, you know, international finance bank account. And then they decide if they want to give any of it back to that local church that collected it. And they don't have to give any of it back. It's they, they don't control the bank account. So if FSO would make two million dollars in a week, maybe we might get three hundred thousand back to use to be able to make more money. But we had to tell them exactly what our plan was to do with that $300,000, I mean, down to the exact everything. And it had to be dispersed that way, exactly as, you know, Ant would, would say had to be done, international management. So that money is not controlled locally. When there's some weeks, they would just say, you ain't getting nothing back. So they can control that stat of increasing the uh, reserves by just saying, oh, we're not going to give you a 300000 back this week. We're just going to use the, you know, jack our stat up. Wow. And then that's it. You don't get you don't get to uh, get a paycheck or you don't get to pay for any of the stuff that the organization needs in order to keep operating. And it's called like a flip FP, like means you're like a week behind. Unbelievable. If people just realize it's all about money, there's no holds barred on how to get that money. I think people know that who are listening. <laughs> Again, if you got a cousin, you got an aunt. You got a fucking uncle, uh, a sister, yeah, a neighbor, somebody who works at the IRS, the criminal investigation department, anybody in a in the Senate, a <laughs> senator, congresswoman, anybody. It's just insane. It's always worse than you'd think. Well, that's that's a that's the perfect end off there, Matt. <laughs> Matt, we love you. We love Amy. Thank you again for coming on. Thank You're you for. Well, willing to continue to talk about this fucking subject. Yeah. Uh, and thank you all for listening and caring. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Nice talking to you guys. A short programming note. Next weekend is Labor Day. There will not be a new episode of Fair Game Podcast airing next week. We encourage you to go back and listen to earlier episodes that you may not have heard or re-listen to those that you enjoyed the most. We'll see you again the following week.